Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of round number one, Herb Dean has called a stop to this contest based on a doctor's stoppage. Declaring the winner by TKO, Dustin the Diamond Yo, 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 what the is up? I know this is a podcast. I know this is digital. Believe me, I do realize that. Believe me. I do realize what I'm doing. But I will refrain from using naughty, naughty, bad words as much as I can. What's up, everybody? What's going on? It's your boy again. Ike Feldman from the Ike Degan. Do you get it? Ike Feldman, Ike Degan. Fighters fight in an octagon. My name is Ike, the Ike Degan. If you step into my show, you're now in the Ike Degan. You get it? Good, good. You guys can follow me, everything at Ike Degan on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, my birth certificate. Ike Degan Feldman is everywhere. Uh, I appreciate your guys' comments, subscriptions, calls. Believe it or not, we got a call for today. People, I assume that people think that I actually gave my uh, <laughs> my actual phone number when I give out the, the show phone. And in case you guys forgot, the, the show number is 646 820-9848. That is my home phone. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? But 646-820-9848. I want to hear you guys' lovely, dulcet tones and pipes, takes. I want to hear everything you guys got to spew in terms of combat, sports, entertainment, everything under the sun that will make me crack a smile and make you guys crack a smile. We can all kumbaya together. So. Again, call the show 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time for a live call, a live reaction from your boy. Or if you want to leave a voicemail, you can hear my cool, interesting voicemail. I think it's like eight seconds. Follow the directions on the voicemail, and I will replay your call as I will today with our caller, Bert. Shout outs to Bert. I'm not sure where he is. I don't know if he gave his location, which I understand that everybody's weird. We're all watching, man. The government's watching, man. <laughs> I believe I will be a crossover. Uh, uh, my audience will be a crossover of the Joe Rogan 
tinfoil hat conspiracists and MMA fans and a crossover of the ESPN MMA fans and the Arrow Hawani MMA fans. I try to find myself somewhere in between that of real reporting and quotes and the pothead far out area 51 <laughs> conspiracist takes. So one way or another, it will be entertaining. And guys, as I said yesterday, we got another, another entertaining show. Uh, the, the beauty about combat sports and covering combat sports is that there is no off season. It does not stop every single week. There is something pumping out to the public. And the beauty of that is this week, we are coming off the biggest UFC event of the year. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor three. And if you guys forgot, I will play the, the, the Bruce buffer clip of him announcing Dustin Poirier's victory, because you guys cannot forget this. What Dustin Poirier just did, what he just walked through should not just be forgotten in one night. And we move on to the next fight night of Khabib's boy, Islam Makachev fighting Tiago Moses this Saturday. And again, I, I will preview that main event and the rest of the card Later in the week, maybe starting tomorrow, maybe specifically just on Friday. But I believe Dustin Poirier deserves at least three shows focused on his victory over the notorious one. The most famous combat sports athlete in the world, the biggest mixed martial arts athlete ever, Conor McGregor. He got a win, back-to-back -back wins. Conor McGregor has never lost back-to-back to the same opponent. So all credit to Louisiana product and native Dustin, the diamond Poirier for getting it done twice. And I will be pumping this out all week. It's pinned to the top of my profile, the at Ike Feldman profile, the fightville documentary, which was made maybe 12 years ago, which features Dustin Poirier. Uh, it, it's centered around Dustin Poirier, but it's not completely about Dustin Poirier. It's about some of his teammates, uh, the promoter of the event that Dustin Poirier is rising up through the ranks, USA MMA. I have to see if that event is still going. I'd love to get the, uh, the owner and promoter of that event. Uh, the guy wore many hats to get those events. You really see the appreciation of MMA on its lower levels. That's why if you don't like MMA on its grandest scales, the, the stadium shows, the arena shows, the epic rivalries, the headlining massive summer events. You're not a real fan at all. Like casual fans will follow that. The real fans are the ones watching Bellator, PFL, one championship. And then you guys are also got your ears to the ground about local events. King of the Cage, CFFC cage warriors overseas ksw overseas and if you're really in tune with your mma fandom you're all about this the local the small amateur shows or low-level professional shows not to disrespect these uh low-level professional shows but you gotta you got to be aware of what's going on, how these guys got to where they are. 
And it's really cool to see a documentary like Fightville, which, as I said, centers around Dustin Poirier and the rise of Dustin Poirier. And it ends with him, spoiler alert, getting signed by the UFC, which is kind of cool because you get to see the grind that it took for him to get to that signing and what type of fighter he is before all the money and the fame attention colossal main event fights start rolling in his direction. So I really recommend you checking out that documentary Fightville. It's on Amazon video. Uh, I believe it's three 99. Great watch. It's really cool. And again, the other stuff that this documentary does an excellent job. Excellent job. Showing is, do you want to be a fighter? Do you really want to be a fighter? Because it's, it sucks. Even if you're the man, you have a ton of adversity and things have to line up for you. And I basically call it jumping across lily pads to get across the roughy, the the rough, rocky river. You're on one side of the river, and to get to the other side of being a star fighter potentially or making it to the UFC, you have to basically sprint across these lily pads without drowning. And if you drown, you got to climb back up and make it to the other side somehow, some way. And the documentary shows just how perfect things have to line up to make it to the other side, which Dustin Poirier obviously did. And you get to see his teammate who is different, is intense. Who knows if he's even still fighting? Smart kid, very talented, extremely talented. Loves to fight, but it's about being a full-time fighter. Khabib talked about that in the sit-down interview that I played for you guys yesterday where he was talking to ESPN MMA's Brett Akamoto. Something that I've mentioned before in the Mind, Body, Soul podcast, the body portion of that podcast, the mind about how much focus and uh, strain you put on yourself to visualize and stay in the moment leading up to the fight and the body part of it, which I believe the past best example of the body part of fighting is George St. Pierre. Someone who's been a full-time martial artist, somebody who still about three and a half years outside of competing at the highest level, headlining Madison Square Garden in the second show ever at Madison Square Garden, second UFC show ever, because they did a Bellator show before George's UFC 217 main event. George St. Pierre is still training. He's still ripped. Go to his Instagram. The dude lives and breeds martial arts. And when Khabib sat down with ESPN MMA's Brett Akimoto, he said that's where Conor McGregor fell short, that he's not living and breathing martial arts, 
that he's not making this a Monday to Sunday passion or grind. He's making it a eight to 12 week job that he's stepping in there to do a project and it gets done and hopefully he wins most of the time he's won. And I agree with that. Khabib is somebody who just loves the sport. Doesn't just make it a channel for his anger or to exercise his demons. It's a part of who he is. He's just, he loves, he loves the camaraderie. He's not bigger than his brother. His brother's not bigger than him. Everybody's equal. He's a shy guy that's grown warmer and warmer to cameras and the spotlight and has no problem disappearing. He really had no social media presence in the week leading up to UFC 264 over two guys that he literally beat down in Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor finished both of them dominated both of them was very shy from the spotlight. And I appreciate that. And that reminds me a lot of George, George St. Pierre and, Khabib's father, who passed away before his fight against Justin Gaethje, UFC 254. The fight that he wanted his son most, not Conor McGregor, not Adia's brother, not Kamaru Usman, not Tyron Woodley, not Israel Adesanya, not a rematch with Conor McGregor, nothing. None of those. The fight that he did want was against George St. Pierre. Respect. And I thought that would have been a battle of the bods. Literally, a battle of the the mind-body-soul, the body part of the mind-body-soul, the two guys that are on the, the Mount Rushmore for living their life like a martial artist, a mixed martial artist, who are athletes outside of fighting, who try every different single tool that can help make their toolbox better and make them a better fighter. As I mentioned yesterday, George St. Pierre, or maybe I didn't mention yesterday. I actually went back and listened to the, uh, the body podcast. Um, again, it's on my website, Ictagon.com. If you scroll down a little, you will find the, uh, the body link. You could click it, uh, click it. And um, I mentioned George St. Pierre seeking different types of training, gymnastics, training at Olympic facilities to improve his wrestling. And George St. Pierre didn't start wrestling, I believe, till he was 20 years old. He did Shotokan karate. He was bullied. He had a passion. He had some skill. And then he just pours his effort into wrestling, grappling, strategy, boxing. Now he's, he's improving his tool belt with Freddie Roach, the great longtime stoic legend boxing trainer who has the glasses, the beard, the gray hair, who is most famously connected to Manny Pacquiao, Freddie Roach. And George St. Pierre was hitting pads maybe six months ago at uh i think it's called wild card boxing where freddie roach trains uh his fighters 
And George St. Pierre on a podcast with uh, Lex Friedman. And then he said the same quote on the Joe Rogan podcast. He says, man, if Dana White just walked in right now, he would sign me right now to a fight with Khabib. And he was saying, dude, I'm in shape. Why is Dana White playing this tug of war money negotiation game with me? I'm ready to go. And both sides wanted, and I, imagine if Dana White, so Dana White couldn't do anything to pull Khabib out of retirement. And who knows what the conversations were. We know that whatever he said, it didn't <laughs> wet Khabib's whistle, if, that, if I'm using that phrase correctly. But imagine if Dana White said, Khabib, Mr. Eagle. All these birds in my house, man. I got to work on this. We said, Mr. Khabib. I have the other half of the fight agreement signed. George St. Pierre is in to fight you for XYZ amount of dollars. Are you in? I know that your father was your everything and he was your coach. And you promised your mother you would never fight again. But you have always said that you would like to fight George St. Pierre. And it was your father's goal for you to fight George St. Pierre. I have him signed. What do you think? Now, I wonder if that was brought up by Dana White. I hope it was. The reason why Dana White is not the biggest George St. Pierre fan, he believes George St. Pierre BS'd him at the end of his last fight. George St. Pierre. So in 2013, he retires. He says he's just mentally exhausted. I believe he had like a streak of 10 consecutive title defenses, was just on a friggin' tear. 2013 fights Johnny Hendricks. The fight is a coin flip. Doesn't necessarily go hugely in George St. Pierre's favor. George St. Pierre says, I'm hanging up my jock strap. I'll <laughs> I'm going to take a break. And he returns in 2017, UFC 217, the second Madison Square Garden pay-per-view show for the UFC against Michael Bisbing. And he moves up a weight class. And I believe it was written in a contract. And he promised Dana White, if, if I win this title, I will stay and defend him. And Dana White said, all right, I like money. You like money. Let's, we need a huge headlining event for Madison Square Garden. And, and I'm not just a homer saying that the UFC always needs a huge fight for my backyard, Madison Square Garden, New York City. But they do. Because look at their history. I'm not making this up. Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez, UFC 205 was the first MSG show. UFC 217, George St. Pierre versus Michael Bisbing for a chance for George St. Pierre to set history, to make more history, excuse me. UFC 230, Daniel Cormier, holy moly, a chance for him to defend his UFC heavyweight title against Derek Lewis, who is now the the greatest knockout artist in UFC history. Israel Asanya was also on that card. Y'all don't forget. UFC 
UFC 244, they made up a friggin' title for Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz, the BMF title. And whenever the UFC returns to Madison Square Garden, you better bet your damn ass it's going to be a huge show. Not just because they haven't been there in two years, but because it's Madison Square Garden. I'm not making this up. Dana White knows it. Joe Rogan knows it. Every fighter knows it. Conor McGregor, Dublin's finest. He knows how big of a deal it was to be in Madison Square Garden. Daniel Cormier, who did, uh, I think it's a wrestling tournament um, in Times Square. I think it's Wrestle on the Square or something. Whatever. It's like an outdoor wrestling event. He knew how special it was to headline a show at Madison Square Garden. So my point is, Dana White opened up the bank account for George St. Pierre for that UFC 217 event and george st pierre said i would be back and the next fight would be against robert whitaker holy moly imagine that fight two karate artists who have i'd say robert whitaker's grappling would be 7.5 and 8 out of 10 and george st pierre's would be a 10 out of 10 imagine that fight and dana white was pissed that George St. Pierre knocked down Bisbing, choked out Bisbing, got his hand raised in Madison Square Garden, wrapped the belt around George St. Pierre, and George St. Pierre disappeared. But I believe George St. Pierre has said that he had colitis. He had to have surgery. His stomach was not working as good as it was before the fight camp because he was trying to gain about 20 pounds of muscle for the fight. And can you blame him? He's fighting a bigger, bigger man. George St. Pierre, who lives the martial arts lifestyle, was taking everything serious. John Jones is doing the same thing. He has no problem that he's being skipped in the line with Derek Lewis and Cyril Ghan and Francis Ngannou. They're all skipping him because he is using this to his advantage. He's using, okay, we can't get it done in negotiation. I will use these extra six, eight months to let my body settle into a heavyweight frame. Yeah, he's 6'4". Yeah, he's big. He probably walks around naturally at 235, 240. But that's not good weight. That's not good weight walking around at 235. That's out of shape. That's off-season weight. In shape, in season, he's probably 220, 225. John Jones is probably looking to be 245, 250 in shape. Jacked. Huge. Beefy broccoli. <laughs> he's trying to be big and be able to move around heavyweights not just be quicker faster more agile agile hostile shout outs to denzel washington and remember the titans he's trying to sit into his heavyweight frame nicely and i don't blame him a lot of fans need to put themselves in the shoes of these fighters so guys again for the next 35 minutes we're going to be talking about UFC 264, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. The press conference happened yesterday. And Nick Diaz returns. Let's go. Stockton's finest. Shout out to 209, baby. Let's go. I've been pushing and pumping for this on social media for years. And it finally happens. Nick Diaz returns. 
we will talk about that in about 20 or so minutes. But let's do some little more UFC 264 recap. I know I kind of went on a tangent there. Khabib talked about Conor McGregor, what was wrong about him not being a full-time mixed martial artist. And I connected Khabib versus George St. Pierre. Bottom line is Conor needs to take a long look in the mirror. And if you guys disagree, or if you do agree, hey, that, that could be something uh, uh, pretty refreshing for us to agree on something. Give me a call, 646-820-9848. Love to hear your take. Whether it's hot or cold, I don't care. Or if you don't like the sound of your voice, Big Bob in Carolina, you can uh, tweet me at Ike Feldman or at Ike Dagon, I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. I will read your comments on the show. But let's go to UFC 264. What else do we have in store? So Dustin Poirier got it done against Conor McGregor. We all know that. We all know what happened there. And I don't necessarily believe I have to pay, play the quote, but, you know, I guess it uh, makes the show sound bigger if I do, right? If I do play the... Uh, The quote, right? So let's go to Instagram. On a Wim to Warrior interview, uh, the UFC's Laura Sanko was interviewing Conor McGregor's coach, longtime coach, John Cavanaugh. And John Cavanaugh believes he knows when exactly Conor McGregor broke his leg. So here we go to stab the uh, the ball of the foot into the abdomen which is a good technique as well but on um, opposite stance when he was facing mendes for example he's saying the it's very a bit last safer kick. because of the positioning the of the elbows but on same stance there's a high danger fracture. of catching that elbow a and you kick. can watch it back you'll see that's clearly where the fracture happened he oh. very aggressively threw that kick dustin shelled with the lead hand and he the foot wraps around the knee uh-huh. in a similar fashion to where poor old Silva and Weidman, they wrapped their shin around uh, the, the shin. He wrapped his shin around the elbow. He stands back on it and you can see the bone almost protrude through the skin. I don't know how he didn't fall there, but he comes in then. They both exchange crosses. They both miss with their with their backhands. He goes to step back on and it. Then boom. And that's when it's that horrifying fold underneath that. Again, we've we've seen it a handful of times over the years, Weidman and, and Silva being being obvious ones. And um of course that's 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 the end of the contest. So there you heard it. It's the last teep kick. And if you guys don't know what a teep kick, it's like a, a jab or a spear, I believe the actual meaning for it. And it's the kick that Conor McGregor was using to stab or spear uh his midsection, Poirier's midsection. And he would do it. You could do it with the front kick. You get more, more velocity behind it when you use it with your rear leg. And that is a signature for Connor to use his teep spear kick with his rear leg. And as you 
get later in the fight, you're obviously kind of telegraphing strikes if you're not prepared to go 25 minutes, which I never believe Connor is besides that Nate Diaz rematch. Um, and because he telegraphed it, Poirier was able to cover up, as John Cavanaugh pointed out. Again, that was on the uh, Wimp to Warrior Instagram page. Shout-outs to Laura Sanko and John Cavanaugh. Great interview. Go check it out. But he pointed out that Dustin Poirier was covering with his right hand, shelling up, as he said, or covering up, putting his guard up, and his elbow covers his ribs. And because Conor McGregor didn't have the same velocity to his strikes and punches, uh, kicks and punches, as he did in the first 30 seconds, that Poirier was able to cover up in time. And that elbow hit right on the target area where Conor McGregor, about five to seven seconds later, planted on and cracked his tibia. So there you have it. You can't take away credit from. Dustin Poirier for putting on the correct defense against Conor McGregor. You should give him credit for intelligently defending himself as referees tell fighters to do. Conor McGregor will wise up to that. Uh, Poirier was saying that it was a, it was a check kick earlier in the fight that he pointed to McGregor, but that kick landed and maybe twisted McGregor's ankle uh, because McGregor landed the top of his foot on Poirier's knee. But it makes a lot more sense what Conor McGregor's coach is pointing to the final kick of the bout, which was a teep kick aimed at Dustin Poirier's midsection, but kind of cracked on Dustin Poirier's lead elbow. And we can kind of put the fight to bed. Uh, maybe I'll do a little more analysis and breakdown tomorrow, or maybe I could do it now, but uh, I believe the other fighters on this card, I've spent about two and a half shows talking about the main event, but but there were other about 10 fights on the card that need to get talked about. So let's go to the co-main event. In the welterweight division, Gilbert Darino Burns defeats Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Not the most entertaining fight I expected to. See, I guess basically what happened, but on the flip for Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, I expected Wonderboy Thompson to avoid any clinch and takedown situations and be able to get his offense, his ranged karate offense on the outside and keep the distance and wear out Burns as the fight kept going. But on the reverse side, Burns was able to close the distance, swarm Stephen Thompson, take the fight down. Uh, Gilbert Burns, if you don't know, he's a four-time world jiu-jitsu champion, so he knows a thing or two about uh the ground game. And once he got Thompson down into his world and against the fence and the clinch position and half guard and uh, no, I don't think he had a mount. It was, it was a lot of half guard and Gilbert Burns just did his strategy. 
Stephen Wonderboy Thompson had a flash of offense with the spinning roundhouse kick that sent Burns to the mat. Burns got up, smiled, which obviously means it connected. And then from that point forward, Burns brought the fight back into his world. Says, you leaving my world, man? Get back into my world. Where are you going? Chase Thompson down, swarmed him, did a good job getting a victory. I mean, if you could hear it in my tone, it was definitely a step down in terms of intensity and action from the main event. <laughs> it definitely was. I think Megan Fox and uh, Machine Gun Kelly were making out this whole fight. It was not the most entertaining fight. But the fight before this, Ty Shuivasa, you see what I did there? Defeated Greg, the Prince of War Hardy, by knockout. Oh, man, were these guys slugging. And boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, did I want Ty to win? Simply because of his victory. And again, if you guys heard on Monday, I was watching with a pretty, pretty solid fight watch party. You know, some people who have basically dragged <laughs> into uh, fight watch parties who who watch fights maybe three or four times a year and uh, know a good fight when they see it. But I said, guys, trust me, you want the Australian to win. Trust me, you will be entertained by his post-fight, I guess, shenanigans or actions or style. And he did not disappoint. After the biggest win of his career, a knockout on the biggest card of uh, the year against Greg Hardy, a guy who has not been knocked out. He Somebody throws a shoe and then a Stella. Shout-outs to Stella in the can, which is better than the bottle. Nothing's better than Stella on the tap. Uh, I have this weird finicky thing about judging a beer from the bottle to the can to the tap. Started from the bottle, now it's on the tap. And Stella's actually really good in a can. And and that's the first row seating right there. They're drinking Stella's, not drinking Bud Lights <laughs> or Miller Lights. Machine Gun Kelly threw up his Stella. Uh, don't quote me on that. I don't know who threw it up. They probably had COVID and now uh, tied to Ivasa has it. Uh, to Ivasa has it or Shu Ivasa. And he puts it down the, the black, white, and red Nike and drinks it. It's called a Shuey. And then he does it about three or four more times as he's exiting the arena. And some douchebag, uh, I hope that I'm allowed to say that, he, while he's <laughs> filling up the Shuey, uh, Ty wasn't paying attention and somebody poured Dustin pour his hot sauce in the shoe and then he chugs it a beer and a hot sauce and he immediately knows this ain't right this ain't a right shoey now that's a shoey and he uh, he grabs uh, a different shoey and he uh, he does a couple more on his exit and then he's he's walking through the tunnel and right before he's getting inside the tunnel where no fans can see him anymore he, he, he looks up like uh, like he's about to get the money shot. <laughs> and uh, some fan from about 12 feet up pours a beer down his throat. And, uh, man, this guy is a legend. And I hope he gets a sponsor. And if it is from Bud Light or Miller Light, I'm sure he would take it. The fight before this, Mexican 
ex, uh, executioner Irene Aldana against Yana Kunitskaya. Tiago Santos's former lightweight title challenger, Tiago Santos, his now wife, Yana Kunitskaya, got beat in every aspect of this fight. Now, she did get more money because Aldana could not make the weight the day before. So 30% of Aldana's purse went to Yana Kunitskaya. So that is a nice little carrot that she gets going into the fight but typically when you miss weight it means that something wasn't right not just the diet but in terms of focus and that could affect many times a fighter's performance it did not affect Aldana's performance her boxing looked crisp powerful her ground and pound was perfectly executed or executed. she is Mexican folks by the way that's where all this uh I mean, I'm an expert on this type of stuff, right? But she looked phenomenal. She's going to move on in the bantamweight division, move up. Yana Kuskaya will not get sent too far down because the bantamweight division isn't that thick. Uh, Yana Kuskaya could have a huge performance in the next fight and immediately get, I don't know, co-main event on a uh, on a fight night card or a maybe a lower prelim on a big pay-per-view card it just wasn't her night she seemed very off from the moment the uh, the cage door was closed but great performance by Irene Aldana now the next fight or the fight before Sean O'Malley Sugar O'Malley the YouTube sensation He put on a clinic. His opponent fell out of this fight. I do not remember. Okay, it was Luis Smoka. Luis Smoka who fell out against Sean O'Malley, which would have been a great step up in competition for Sean O'Malley. He fell out of the fight uh, 11 days before the fight. And then Boston's own Chris Motinho steps in. The guy was nine and four, a couple of pro fights. And his first UFC fight took a hell of a beating. And if you guys don't know, I believe the toughest guys in the United States from Strong Island, Long Island, New York, baby, and Boston, them Boston kids, they just, they're built a little different. Calvin Cater, Rob Font, Chris Martino, they can just take a beating. Not saying that's a great thing. But it means that they're tough. I believe if you have a good chin, it just means you're kind of in the moment. You're not really scared. You, you believe in your abilities so much that your brain, I believe when your mind, the mind gives up before the body, if that makes sense. And Chris Martino's mind or body did not give up. Herb, Jean, Herb Dean stepped in to save the fighter from himself, which I agree the fight could have been Ended about seven minutes prior, 10 minutes prior. Sean O'Malley was looking crisp. This was literally just a punch and bag session, a sparring session. I don't think Moutinho landed more than 10 good strikes on Sean O'Malley in the 14 plus minutes. Sean O'Malley, it's just up and onward. What's next for him? But the card was great. You got finish, finish, finish. Uh, there was three straight finishes. Then you get the Gilbert Burns, Stephen Thompson. Unanimous decision. 
which one in favors of Burns, and then you got the main event. So four to five of the fights were finishes. Great card. All the winners will have big fights lined up for them. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. So what do we have next? 264s and oh, uh, so former two-division UFC champ Henry Cejudo had a great point I wanted to share with you guys about his thoughts uh, on what he saw from Conor McGregor in the UFC 264 main event. And I 100% agree with this. That's why I'm playing it. And this comes to you from MMA Focus. Follow them on YouTube. 150,000 subscribers. They put together great daily content, sometimes three videos in a single day. I appreciate the guy who's putting this together. So when you do hear the music underneath, it's because it's from MMA Focus on YouTube. Dustin Poirier. UFC 264, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Let's get straight to Conor it. McGregor. I tell you I what, you got to give credit where credit is due because you know what? Conor McGregor did come in with a good game plan. And if we saw him, he was kicking Dustin Poirier. Exactly what I said prior to, if you guys look at my last video, I said Conor's going to have to switch up the game plan, which let Didn't me know you're doing that. videos that he saw the the Justin Gaethje fight with him because there was a breaking point. I was at that fight in Phoenix, and I remember seeing Dustin Poirier get kicked by Justin Gaethje, and I'm just like, man, I was like, I talked to Justin after that fight. I was like, dude, Justin, you almost broke that dude. Either way, Con uh, Connor did a good job, but I think the no only chance, problem boy, with Connor falls giving some advice against is Gaethje, he needs no to become chance. a better competitor than he is a fighter. What do I mean by that? A competitor is all about winning. A competitor is somebody that understands it, how to finish the race, how to finish those five rounds. Because you're not going to be able to knock everybody out, even though you do say it. Kind of like the same way he fought Nate Diaz. Anyways, he did. A, he, if he was to become a better competitor than he is, because he is a fighter, but he should be a better competitor. That's going to be the difference in his fight. So it's a change of 100% agree with that. Just finding a way to win, you know? 100% agree with that. Conor McGregor needs to be a better competitor. 100% agree with that. 100%. And you see the kind of the warrior spirit just disappear in Conor McGregor's eyes faster than anybody. If, if he's not in front of the fight and not winning immediately, it kind of disappears. You see him land about eight kicks and then Dustin Poirier rides the storm and then he lands a calf kick and then a boxing combination and pushes Connor backwards, which essentially forces the grappling exchanges and guillotine exchanges. Connor McGregor was wilting early in that fight. He was not ready for a war. He was ready to just put it on Dustin and then uh, try to finish him in two minutes. Dude, make an adjustment. And Henry Cejudo, who, when he joined the Joe Rogan podcast, who now is retired, who is probably going to start a family. Uh, shout outs to Henry Cejudo, Olympic gold medalist, two division UFC champion, uh, one of the greatest combat sports athletes of all time. He points it out perfectly and he would like to be a coach one day, but he points it out perfectly that Conor McGregor needs to be a better competitor. I love that. So moving on, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley press conference happened. So I'm going to play you three uh snippets from the press conference uh jake paul uh said that in the this is courtesy of showtime sports shout out to brian custer who was facilitating this uh this press conference jake paul said uh, the first quote 
uh, Jake Paul said in a private face-off against Tyron Woodley, the former UFC champion, the third, uh, fourth greatest UFC welterweight champion of all time, beating the likes of Robbie Lawler, who's fighting Nate Diaz. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Who destroyed Carlos Condit, Kelvin Gastelum, Darren Till, beat Wonderboy Thompson twice, beat Damian Maya. And then we all know what happened losing to Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman. Uh, who else did he lose to? Gilbert Burns and Vincent Luque. Vincente Luque. Uh, Woodley's got a ton of pop. It all depends on his focus because he always looks like he's ready to roll when it comes to fight time. Looks like he's ready to put on a show. But it just seems like his mind, like McGregor, just seems to disappear if the fight's not going his way. So here is Jake Paul on what he saw in Tyron Woodling's eyes in a private face-off. And Jake Paul has a transformer behind him. Go check this out. This is courtesy of Showtime Sports. I saw, I saw fear in his eyes. I saw a man who just accepted a fight mostly for a paycheck. Jake Paul is tough. Who Don't mind his really voice. doesn't really have fight left in him. I saw a man who's been defeated multiple times now and who will be finished and sent into retirement by YouTube Disney star boxer. Keyword you saw. I didn't know he was on Disney. Something you're not, you're a problem child. That's what you saw. You haven't even been in front of enough people to know what to, to judge your face off from. My sparring partners will finish you. We'll, we'll see, you know. I but mean, nice watch, though. We'll, we'll see what happens, you know. I, I think, uh, I think your, your career is over, man. I know. You, you think you, I know. It's two different I'm, things. I'm, I'm no, going no, to no. bounce. <laughs> no, Tyron. No. He says, I think your career is over in Taiwan. You think I know. No, what? <laughs> You know your career's over. Oh my gosh, guys! Don't be fooled by Jake Paul. The greatest thing that he brings is this mental warfare. He is a well-spoken guy. That's why he gets away with all these YouTube videos because he he knows what he's doing on the mic on camera. I think that caught people like Nate Robinson and Ben Askren uh, off guard. I think Woodley's a little taken back by how well and composed jake paul is on the mic but uh let, let's hear some other stuff this was uh tyron woodley on working with floyd money mayweather means to get an opportunity to work out with floyd mayweather an idiot would not take that advantage of that situation he showed himself not specifically to defeat jake but to be a world-class boxer in general techniques positions placements hand positioning movements um, in MMA, sometimes we waste energy. Sometimes we do a lot of shucking and jiving, and they don't have purpose. Everything I do, everything I throw is going to hurt. My feints are going to hurt. It's going to make his body shake to the point where he don't know what the fuck's going on. So you can say, I'm out to say anything. I'm from the show me state. You got to show me. I've been in there. This ain't my first big stage. I was at the sold out Madison Square Garden with the fight of the night. The biggest game UFC they've ever had in history. The best card in UFC history. I was a fighter tonight. That's not true. The biggest gate was last weekend in Vegas. But He's talking about the biggest gate of Madison Square Garden. You listen to what I'm saying, man. Come on. So, no, just kidding. Too. How is Floyd Mayweather going to teach you 
to beat me when he couldn't even finish my brother. You just talk about Floyd money Mayweather. and just talk oh, about clout. Because when we talk about fighting, you shouldn't even be talking in the same sentences with me. I mean, we could talk. I'm a Hall of Fame already. And I'm going to make history bouncing your head off the mat. Now what? Well, we, we can talk about fighting. I mean, if you want, if you want to dive into it, I mean, what, what can, look, look, look at your coaches. Can, Who what, is your coach? Is it Pedro Diaz? To? Is it Eric Brown? Is it Floyd Mayweather? You're bouncing around coaches like you do baby mamas. How many kids you got now? You're a 39-year-old man who's pulling Guess what? Week. You know Get your funny? shit together, bro. You know what's funny? Dirty, you got on Get all your this shit dirty. together, bro. You look like a rap video. Uh, all Tell of this, me somebody all in your this, neighborhood that dressed like that. I'm going fishing. Tell me somebody in your neighborhood that dressed like that. <laughs> I'm going that fishing. Tyron, I am coach. You, how about this? You want to be People a rapper? People rap about what I you, live. You want to? You, My you want to be a rapper? You have multiple songs on Spotify that fucking suck with two streams, brother. You're 39 years old trying to become a rapper. Are you serious? You're trying to become a rapper. Have you saw yourself? How about this? Pull your heart all back of the and money, all of the all of the money, Pull the front of your all of the money that you're eating from this fight is going to your baby guys. mamas. Pull your you hair bought, back. You bought a used Bentley. You, you know I what's seen funny? it on your Instagram. You, you know bought a used funny? Bentley my with your money. Flex is my you bought a used Bentley. That's my biggest flex. I think, but these guys want to hear about. So you actually thank you guys. They want to hear about the fight. Instagram covering. Yeah, we want to hear about the fight. So as you guys can hear again, courtesy of Showtime Sports, it got kind of personal. I don't know. Uh, boxing, it's always been a personal thing. Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Floyd Mayweather. I think it's ugly in the martial arts world. As we've seen Conor McGregor cross the line with Khabib and Alpoya, I think it's very ugly. But boxing has a history of getting personal. So very funny stuff. But uh, the, last, the last quote, again, courtesy of Showtime Sports. This is on what fans can expect to see from each fighter. Jake, same question. I mean, people people know what they get when you're tuning into a Jake Paul event. That's All why that's why that's why I'm the most impactful 3-0 boxer in history. No fighter has ever accomplished what I've accomplished in three fights. And people can say I didn't earn it. People will say I don't deserve it, but I'm earning more. This is all about Transformers behind him. I'm telling you, Google Paul in, versus Woodley press conference what, or what Paul Woodley press conference. There's a freaking transformer behind him. I'm knocking this guy out. Optimus That's Prime is breakdancing behind and, him. And we're putting on a show. <laughs> How are you going to do it? And I don't think that. I don't think he don't deserve it. I think what he's doing is trying to, I'm a Disney, I'm a vlogger, and I'm fighting this seasoned veteran UFC champion. It's all, it's all just in case. It's a backup excuse for when I wax you in that Ooh. in that ring. That's what it is. He, he almost said in that. This is gonna look like a fight. It's a lot of fights that's taking place that people are like. Oh, this is bad for the sport. This is, will look like a fight. It's not going. I'm not just gonna walk out there and swing two punches and everybody think I I'm gonna have to order this. Minutes. This is a real. I'm a big fight. fan of Tyron. I'm training like I'm fighting Mike Tyson. Ooh. I want y'all to really know that. So don't 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 fall for the BS. Oh, I'm Disney. definitely not Mike Tyson. Oh, though. this is the, the no. This is a fight. You want to fight me? You sign the line. It's war. We got members of the media. I know. Damn. Damn. Woodley is ready. Woodley is ready. Cannot wait for this fight. August 29th. Showtime pay-per-view. It's going to be a great fight. What to expect? Hmm. I'll get into more breakdown with that fight as the weeks roll on, but it should be fun. I mean, I... Uh, as an MMA fan uh, and guy who loves mixed martial arts, 
I knew that Ben Askren was walking into a slaughtering and that fight was not fixed. He got knocked out, did not want to be there. Guys, I'm talking about the mind loses before the body. Ben Askren got knocked down, got up, looked in the ref and the ref's like, boy, I know you don't want to be here as much as I want to be here. I'm going to get you out of here. I'm hungry. I'm going to go home and eat. And that ref saved Ben Askren from more head trauma and a further beatdown. So that was not fixed. And I think this fight isn't fixed. I think it's going to be a fun fight. I thought the fight against Askren would go the distance. I thought Ben had the the experience in terms of weathering storms and lasting and surviving uh, onslaughts. And I mean, he just didn't have that wrestling offense to go to, but I thought he could wrestle more. I thought he could use his clinch and wrestling to survive the onslaught that Jake Paul would bring, but he didn't. And I'll get more into technical breakdown as it rolls on, but it was a pretty heated, pretty heated press conference. And don't underestimate Jake or Logan Paul. They speak very well. Again, very composed on the mic. Very good performers and under pressure. But one last thing to talk about. Nick motherfucking Diaz returns. Let's go. Let's go. And I, I made a, uh, a comment yesterday that I said that Nick Diaz is like the Prius of fighting. The, the point of that was that he has an the both Diaz brothers, Nick and Nate, have fantastic gas tanks. They have that 40 to 50 mile per gallon gas tank. Conor McGregor's like a Hummer. He's got like eight to 12. And if he doesn't roll you over, if he doesn't back up over you, and if he's got to, again, drive forward and try to hit you, he's out of gas. You just punch him through the window and it's over. The Prius just never runs out of gas. It always just gets you, always just gets you. But I got to look up a Toyota that has a excellent gas tank because we got a caller who hated my comparison to Prius for Nick Diaz. So let's hear what this caller had to say. Hey, Ike, this is Bert, your buddy from long ago. Big fan of the show. I love what you're doing. Um, it's pretty cool to hear that your uh, McGregor is lucky charm at 155. And it's kind of controversial. You calling the Nick Diaz a Prius? Come on, man. It's probably like a sick Toyota or something, a sick pickup. Anywho, love what you're doing. Keep it up. Talk to you soon. Love you, brother. So to the man named Bert. Yes, I will call Nick Diaz a Toyota. I have to look up, uh, let's see, Toyota with best mileage. What do we got? A Toyota is a Prius. <laughs> 54. I, I, you know what, Bert? You can shove it because uh, Prius makes Toyotas. Wait, unless you know that. Let's, hold on. Let's, let me listen again. Hey, Ike. This is Bert, your buddy from long ago. Big fan of the show. It, so. I love what you're doing. And appreciate your call, brother. Um, it's pretty cool to hear that your uh, McGregor is lucky charm at 155. And it's kind of controversial. You calling 
And then Nick Diaz, a Prius. Come on, man. It's probably like a sick Toyota or something, a sick pickup. Anywho, love what you're doing. Keep it up. Talk to you soon. Love you, brother. And Bert, thank you for the call again, guys. If you want to call, leave a voicemail or let me know anything. 646-820-9848. Uh, Bert, you probably did know this, that a Prius is made by Toyota. I just Googled that. I thought I had the upper hand there that I was going to shove it down your throat that, aha, it's the same company, but you probably knew that. I did see a video uh, from BBC where they break down a Toyota pickup and you were right, brother. Uh, the comparison for Diaz to a Prius is not fair. While the gas mileage comparison is fair because you can't, these guys are triathletes in their off season. You talk about full-time martial artists, the Diaz brothers represent that, but give them a little more credit. If a Prius hit a speed bump at 30 miles an hour, it might blow up. Uh, I, I can agree with a, maybe a RAV4, maybe a, a forerunner, a, a, a bigger car, Tacoma, I guess, a Toyota, something that's 28, 30 miles per gallon, but can take a hell of a beating. And if you guys see this video on BBC, this guy just runs a Toyota, just tries to kill a Toyota, tries to drown it in an ocean, gets a, uh, what do you call it, a wrecking ball, running run into a tree, and the Toyota just keeps on running, keeps on forerunning. And it's pretty scary it's like the mike myers of cars and i've made that comparison before to adia's brothers that they are the uh the mike myers of fighters you can't kill these guys it's like jason from friday the 13th or freddy krueger it's just <laughs> you can't kill them they just keep coming look at the fight with nate diaz ufc 263 against leon edwards the first five round non main event non-title fight in history Nate Diaz takes a hell of a beating. My wife loves Nate Diaz. I put on the fight. He goes, he's losing this fight. He's losing this fight. There's no chance for him to win this fight. And then what do you know? The last 90 seconds, he puts it on Leon Edwards. And when you thought he was down and out, beaten, blood coming from all over his head like a fire hydrant, he turns it on. You can't kill the Diaz brothers. So I do appreciate the comparison of a Toyota truck. And I appreciate the call, Bert. And voicemail again guys if you want to be like Bert be smart give me a voicemail give me a call give me a tweet send me an email at Iktagon at gmail.com you guys hear the outro music more elements slowly unrolling just let it ride its wave into your eardrums but give me a call, 646-820-9848. I appreciate the love, the feedback. Thank you, Bert. I appreciate it. I'm always a person who has an open mind, who's looking to learn. So, guys, until tomorrow, peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.